0: you guys are enjoying. I know I am. Best time of the year we talked about last week. It's uh, it's living up to that. Nothing better. Honestly, I can't think of a better week in sports. Yeah, this is the best. Last night was was the best. This last week, night was awesome. This whole weekend
1: was incredible. I, I really can't remember the last time I watched that, that much sports in, in 48 hours.
2: This morning, I wasn't feeling the greatest after last night, but I think by 2 o'clock, I maybe had about 50 steps. Like I had not moved all day. I woke up, tossed the
0: masters on right away and did not move at all. Yeah. This was like the coach type weekend. Absolutely. What I what a I mean, what a weekend it's been so far last. I mean, remember last, I think I tweeted out on our, on our Twitter today, that picture um, of me and Brian and Glenn Healy. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of teased it. I was like, everyone's going to want to hear and tune in to hear our story from last night. And uh, when I say "what a night," I, I mean our our little real sports bar night, which we which we do quite often. Do you want to explain to everyone how this whole whole Glenn here uh, Glen Healy fiasco? Will be yeah, like, or how you started it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm um, dying to hear. Well, I mean, we just we're watching the game, and uh, obviously, you know, we're. You know, th- having a couple pops we're talking we're chatting and I think I said something like I think Brian I think you saw Glenn Healy someone he went, to <laughs> went to the washroom but the next went to the washroom
2: came back and said Glenn Healy's over there with Caperness
0: <laughs> what a
1: random couple <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't, I, don't together. Together. A couple. I don't know if they like, were together. I don't know if they were together but they were just in the same place. That'd be same a
0: times. weird couple.
2: We're like the VIP section of real sports where we've seen a lot of other athletes go before. Yes. I, I wouldn't want to call Glenn Healy an athlete now. But it seems like <laughs> a great guy, though. I don't even really know if he was an athlete me, back
0: in 99, yeah. 2000. Like, you could argue he wasn't an athlete. So then uh, when you said, you know, Glenn Healy's over there, someone said it, I was like, man, I would love to tell him. You know, this is after a few scoons of me. I was like, I would love to tell him how crap he was <laughs> back when he was on like a backup goalie for the Leafs. And uh on my computer right now, I mean, just to back up my talk, I actually pulled up his stats. Dude, he, he was a career point eight eight seven. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's rough. And I don't want to turn this into like a, a Glenn Healy, you know, bashing show. But like... The guys, was so nice. He was super one nice. One of the nicest
2: guys I've met, yeah.
0: One of the, one of the nicest guys i met. Rocking a cool, you know, gray blazer. Um, great dude. Was willing to take a picture of me and Brian. But I was just. Before we took a picture with him, I'm like, man, he was the worst goalie <laughs>
2: in once, Leafs history. Once you started saying this, I wanted to see if you'd actually back up your. No, I didn't back your
0: up quotes. It. So I'm
2: like, let's go grab a pick. Danara looks at me. He's like, let's go. So sort of. Our heads popped over like this This area where Glenn Healy was and like hey Glenn Like we got a picture He's like yeah He sort of waves us over So we go around the other side He obviously forgets about us Within 10 seconds Oh yeah he forgot big time And then this like lovely lady Was walking out And she knew we were waiting for him So she signaled him down He comes over He's like Alright guys, let's get a beauty pick here. Some something line along those lines. <laughs> the great all time one liner. Um, so we took away probably four pictures and then they finally said, Okay, let's take one with Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think has to be one of the funniest pictures. Oh, for whatever reason,
0: I, I can't pinpoint what's so great about it. I'm but so happy in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> and I just f- finished saying to you guys how crap of a goalie I thought he was. <laughs> but I mean, every it's a leaf, salif, right? Like, yeah, a leaf, salif. It, he is, I, if, if he had bad statistics, whatever. Uh, if he wasn't the greatest goalie, whatever. He's a leaf, salif. Uh, so thanks, Glenn Healy, for the, for the picture. 2000-2001, um, he was 4-7-3 with a .885 goal percentage. Unbelievable. 99-2000, 9-10 nine, nine and 10 with an 8 8 save eight, eight percentage. So he pretty much has Garrett Sparks stats. Yeah.
2: Second coming of – or Garrett Sparks is second coming of uh, Healy. I think like. Healy's better than – So, so I, got,
0: I got to
1: ask you then, since, since you brought him up. It's game seven of the Stanley Cup <laughs> Final. Who do you start, Garrett Sparks or Glenn Healy?
0: Glenn Healy. Glenn Healy. Yeah, you're going with Healy? one hundred percent. Just because he's such a beauty, like it's yeah. I don't know, just the way he approached the whole situation. I was like, you know, it was nice enough to take a picture with us. I'm sure Sparks would too, but Healy. He didn't need to do that. Healy he didn't big time us. But Glenn Healy, like, let me go to his. I'm on his hockey DB right now. He had what uh, one. 12, like fifteen NHL seasons. Yeah. So I don't even think Sparks is going to get like over under over under on Sparks. It Sparks his NHL career. What do you guys think? We think in end? terms of years. In terms of years, two and a half. Right now, it's looking like under five. Yeah, yeah. It it's He's not going to be in Toronto. Probably not. Like, I, unless he turns it around and Anderson's on his way out, I don't, I'm not sure how much is oh. much is left on Anderson's contract. Maybe like one like or two, two years, years yeah. a couple years. Left. Like the only way is if he tails off and then Garrett Sparks rises up. That's the only way he'd become a, a starter in Toronto. But I don't see Garrett Sparks having a long tenure, so I take I take Glenn Healy. Absolutely. Yeah, take so the for sure. Great. Bucket. So anyway, but I did chicken out big That's time funny. about saying that to Healy because you know what. I was pretty fired up at the table. I'm like, man, I just want to tell him that he was the worst goalie and his sister. It was fantastic. I mean, it was just funny to talk about because I don't know if you guys remember, every game Glenn Healy started when he was a backup behind Curtis Joseph, they lost. I, I felt like like, like I, even though we read those statistics 9 and 10, or 4, it felt like every game he started, they lost. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then I also was talking about that game where that puck got lodged and stuck in his mask. <laughs> I wish you the, brought that up. to <laughs> The classic—I really should have brought that up to. him. Great bucket. The, the classic Glenn Healy mask I Remember that bucket? was oh, Greece Him and Chris Osgood. Oh, there. Dan Clute. Dan Cluche. There's a couple of
1: guys that, 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 that had. But Osgood made it look good because yeah. he was good. Yeah, he won some cups. Hasik wore that
2: for a bit. Yeah, Hasik. What Hasek brand Cloutier. is that? Uh, that Joe I think Cooper had made some of, some of those masks. Yeah, those are,
0: those are nasty.
2: So I got to say a little bit of a segue, I'm on my way here. And for those of you that don't live around the GTA, it's, it's raining. It's, you know, it started lightning earlier and it started thundering. And it sounded like a very long, loud roar. And I started thinking to myself on the way here, you know what else roars? Tigers. Yeah, Tigers do roar, baby. So it, I it felt like it was so poetic that on the way here, it's just roaring outside like no tomorrow. Baby. On the day it that roars. Tiger wins the Masters, which I think has to be one of the biggest sports stories, honestly, in history, and one of the best individual comebacks
0: ever in sports. And that's saying something. For a show that's started on hockey for the past four weeks. We got to start on Tiger. Have to. I mean, we've had a couple of golf
2: Deschambeau topics over the last maybe week or two. But you're sporting the hat here today. I love it. To talk, it's there's nothing else I'd rather talk about right now, even after the Leafs, 100%. the Leafs playoff game than, than Tiger Woods. So it's just dominating the world sports scene yeah. right now. We'll we'll get to the Leafs. We're starting with this because it's so historic. Even if you're not a golf fan and you live somewhere overseas, people people know about Tiger Woods. They, they know about him you know, back in his heyday in the 2000s and, and I'm sure they're hearing about it now. It's just, it's it's
0: crazy what happened today. I, honestly, words can't actually describe. You said worldwide. We're worldwide, apparently, on purpose, the offside. We're in the US now, apparently. We got yeah. some listeners in New York, Bahamas, so it's appropriate that we start talking about Tiger. Today was one of those moments. Where were you? when Tiger won his fifth green jet. I, I
2: honestly I just got goosebumps when you said that. Yeah. Seriously, it's one of those things like, it's a where were you moment. So when we started that, where were you guys?
1: On my couch hungover, just like it, everybody else today. In, in my bed, yeah. <laughs> I was on Which my couch. Perf- if, you're, if you're watching golf, I mean it's the, the perfect, perfect setting. It's raining, it's bad outside, you're hungover, what better place to be than on the couch watching golf. So I tried to
0: explain this to my wife. How big is this? it's huge. It's, I, I don't even know what I can compare it to.
1: There's, there is nothing to compare it to. It's tough to put into words and it's just, it's a historic, it's monumental feat. And then like you said, it's an incredible,
0: incredible comeback story. And it's a monumental feat because of where he was at at a certain point in his career, right? The best golfer, of all time, essentially, and then he went. Like, would you say that the best one of the best? There's a huge of all time?
2: debate with Nicholas and and Palmer and and Woods. I mean, Woods doesn't have the all time record in, in total career wins, and he's now four back of Nicholas for all time major wins. But if if you look at in terms
0: of what Tiger has brought to the sport, golf wouldn't be what it is today without him. Yeah, he's uh, like he. What, what's a good comparison or analogy we can use for for Tiger Woods? Like he's like, the Gretzky. He's the Gretzky. The Gretzky, the Gretzky, Michael, the Gretzky uh, Michael Jordan. He's the Michael Jordan of golf, yeah, right? Like, amazing. and then he went to to nothing after that whole. Um, he went through the
2: stuff he went through and I, I mean the general public only knows I'd say 20% of actually what he's gone through right. in the last say 10 years.
0: And it wasn't just injuries, right? He had the whole sexual yeah. um, relationships, mistresses. DUI. The divorce. DUI. I mean that was
2: only about two and a half years ago I think and where yeah. he had that mugshot come out. And I remember people like he was a laughing
1: stock. People were ripping on him. They were putting it on shirts. Yeah. Shirts, it was all over social media. It's people
0: display pictures, and then just sponsors dropped sponsors. them, <laughs> right? Like he was, they used to have a video game, Tiger mm-hmm. Woods uh, PGA. Um, Did Nike drop him at one point? I don't know if Nike no, they ever. They, Nike, kept Nike kept them. them. Nike they were one, one of the, the very few, and, them. and they, yeah. kept, they I mean, they're cashing in again.
2: But the, the stuff that he he's gone through. I mean, what was it about two, maybe two, three years ago, where the narrative around Tiger Woods is, will he ever play golf again? Or is he is he content now, just sort of hanging it up because right. he had numerous surgeries. Every tournament it seemed like he went in, he withdraw within the first round or two because he tweaked something else or wasn't playing well, and he he actually became a laughing stock of golf for a minute, where it was sort of like, is this the greatest downfall in history? Yeah, and that's what the narrative was two three years ago. Is Tiger Woods the greatest downfall we're ever wist- uh, witnessing from greatness to just?
0: nothing that was probably I, I have no evidence of it but that sounds like it'd be like a an e60 like an ESPN like 30 and 30, 30, 30 and 30 yeah. like I don't know if it is but it sounds like it could be it could have been that um, for the it still yeah. will be but it still it, will at, be at that at time point. it
2: would have been greatest to nothing grace that, to nothing that was the narrative now it's back on top back on top winning one of the most prestigious events in golf and he's shown over the last year and a bit that he was progressing that way but I don't think anyone ever thought it would happen again
1: I, th- I didn't. I thought I thought that when he was coming back and slowly getting injured, I thought he might be like one of those athletes where you know they come back and they're good enough to play, but they're not good enough to compete or even win with like the younger guys, these healthy guys. I thought maybe you know he'd continue to play, continue to you know make some money and and continue on and be still recognized as one of the greatest of all time. But I don't think he was. I, I didn't wasn't ready to consider him as a, a Masters favorite or a Masters winner until. Like this tournament today,
2: yeah. And he, he still him. he still won the tour championship last year, which was great. But even then, a lot of people are saying it was only a thirty man field. Yes, the top thirty in in the um, in the PGA at that point. But a lot of people are saying, well, he didn't win a full tournament field. Yeah, it's still a prestigious, prestigious tournament, but he's. Was only it wasn't. It's not a major though, right? No, but he's yeah. only competing against twenty nine other players. So a lot of people, even like the, the big Tiger haters, are saying, yeah, but there's yeah. no yeah
0: buts now after winning the Masters. Yeah. He's it's, square. The Masters is the biggest golf tournament out there. Yep. It's bigger than the British Open. It's bigger than the PGA Championship. I think people in Europe would argue
2: the Open is a little bigger the, than yeah. the Masters, but I think it, it definitely goes Masters and, and the Open, I think, are yeah. neck and neck in terms of what's more prestigious. But for and Americans, definitely,
0: I think the, the, the Masters is far more prestigious, for sure. And growing up, um, whenever I watched the score back then, um, in the early 2000s, into the... Into the um, Mid-2000s, or 2007, 2008, it was Tiger winning every championship, right? Tiger was always winning. Mm -hmm. And then that's why that fall from grace was so uh, severe, because it was literally from from the top to the bottom. And then, like you said... Is he just playing to ride out his career into the twilight? But golf's one of those sports where you can you can get it back. You can improve. You can improve with age. Mm-hmm. And today, it just it caps off with him coming out and winning the Masters. Like it just it it, it for me, it is the greatest comeback in sports history. It, individual comeback. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about comebacks. An in individual. In, game an, in right a game, right I'm yeah. saying like the biggest individual comeback from where he was to where he um, to where he ended up. You know, being rock bottom to going back on top today, that was big, and you can tell it was it meant so much to him. Then it's who it's who it was. If if let's say like Jordan Spieth came out and won
2: the Masters, it, it, people would be like, yeah, he's been through a lot in the last couple years, but it's not the greatest comeback of all time. It's because it was Tiger Woods, mm. again being rock bottom. There's pictures of him like just falling literally down to his knees because he couldn't walk anymore, and he stated that he wasn't able to hold his kids, mm. you know, over the last few years because he was so. Injured, and there was so much going on, and it's all mental too. Like after that whole scandal, he was healthy back then, but he played like uh, he played terribly after that too, because he couldn't go over that mental hurdle, and then it became physical. Question for you guys,
0: because I think I know the answer, but maybe you can explain it to some of our listeners who might not know. After all, Tiger th- went through with you know the information coming out on the on the, on the multiple mistresses and all that. Okay why is he so revered and loved? And why were so many people re- ch- cheering for him to co- to make a comeback? Cause now the comebacks here, but well, why do you think so many people were cheering for him to make well, that comeback? I, th- I think it's just like, uh, like the underdog story sort of, I mean, everybody loves
1: a good comeback and, you know, guys, you know, they, they love to see, um, you know, people or even not just athletes, but people throughout history of that, you know, that whole story of, you know, when you're down on your knees and when you're down and out, you know, they love to hear that story of someone come back and just rise to greatness again. And um, you know, it's just it's a great story. And no matter if you're a golf fan or <clears throat> or a fan of sports, you just the story itself is just is just one of just greatness. And you know, I people, think people want to really see greatness come back. It yeah. doesn't
0: matter what they did; they want to see that yeah. greatness come whether
1: back. You, whether you love them or or whether you hate them, like a lot of people do, um, especially after the scandals and you know all the the sort of marital issues he had um you know you you can't really knock the guy for what he accomplished and i think he just you know it was a big f you to all his haters today
2: on that note and i was thinking about this now because i was we were still old enough at that time to remember tiger and his greatness like maybe not like late 90s early 2000s but at the time i can remember you either loved tiger woods but it felt like there were more people that hated him because he was just Cleaning the field, every tournament he was in, he was winning. And he was arrogant and he was cocky. And he just looked down upon everyone at the time. And, you know, it just seemed like he was just an overall, like, great at golf, which is a bad person. And yeah, it came out after all that, again, that stuff that happened with him. And then that made people hate him even more. And I think and are
0: you saying fans and, and golfers yeah, and pro golfers fans
2: and golfers? I just think didn't like him at the time for a number of reasons. And I, I honestly, I can fully admit I was one of them. Like in the two thousands, I couldn't stand him. I don't know why. I think now after everything he's been through, I think what a lot of people, even that hated him before now I starting to realize is that they didn't truly appreciate his talent back then. And I think they were rooting for him now because yes, as Jordan mentioned, the comeback story, but also not realizing how great he was and what a lot of people were truly missing. And that was him being great in the sport and what he brought to the sport. So I, I feel now that if let's say 50% of the people loved and loved him back then, I honestly feel like 90 or more percent of the people are rooting for him now. Like you don't yeah. see that hatred for tiger as you did in the two thousands. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, everybody's rooting for him.
0: Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that stuck out for me today was, all the high fives and handshakes and golfers waiting for him at the clubhouse. That was special. That was and you, and, cause we, and like him. you said, at one point <coughs> they hated him, mm. maybe because he was a bit cocky, but it's, it's almost like they were even rooting for him now. And that was kind of cool
2: to see. And they've all come out on Twitter after. Almost every PGA player right. that I can think of has come out and congratulate him. And the younger PGA pros said they were someone that, you know, they looked up to him. And he's brought, he's done so much for the sport. I think that's a lot, what a lot of these players are realizing, that they wouldn't be where they are. Right. And golf wouldn't be as popular as it was. And the, uh, the tournament, you know, earnings wouldn't be what they are
0: now if it wasn't for him. Because let's face it, when Tiger was... During his absence from golf, because of all these scandals and, and the injuries, did everyone? Did anyone ever replace him as the face of golf? People were waiting. They were trying. They were waiting. So they right. Were hoping. It's like if Sidney Crosby, right? If Sidney Crosby at one point in what 2008 was the face of hockey. Now you know who the next face of hockey is, and currently, or was, or currently is, I should say, Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. right? And then who's going to be after Connor McDavid? But in the NHL, there's always been that face, and it's like. It's like golf has n- never found that face after Tiger Woods and, <laughs> and that's what and I that, that contribute to people rooting for him again.
2: That's what I, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean by people not realizing what they had until it was gone. And then everyone's saying, wow, you know what? I wish Tiger was back. And then it became a, I love Tiger sort of train. Everyone wanted him to come back and he finally did. And it's just unbelievable. I, I, I still can't yeah. believe that he ended up pulling that off today. And he was calm and he, I don't think he was as arrogant as he was before. and Part of me wanted to just start fist bumping and going nuts on the greens and stuff. I think he would have if he drained that long putt on eighteen instead of the short one there. But just the club twirls and just the confidence. And there was a couple scenes where the camera panned to him and he had just this like dead stare in his eye. And yeah. at that point, I think it was on like the fourteenth. I'm like, he's not losing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so dialed in.
1: Yeah. Well, and I just it, think that shows the the maturity of him too. Like you see, he's, he's forty three years old. He's you know he's gone through this whole yeah you know, cockiness stage when he was just blowing everybody out in every tournament and major and then you know i think he re- he's really humbled by his sort of decline yeah, it, yeah. his decline put things and into perspective for he him. came Absolutely. back and he just he refocused he he's learned how to change his game and he's become and you you touch base on it too that he was way more like stoic very dialed in throughout the entire round he wasn't you know uh before when he was hurt he would see the frustration clearly he would he'd be you know smashing his club or yeah. you know just be swearing once he'd you know duff a shot but now you see him he'd make, he'd make a mistake but then he would refocus he'd, he'd you know get a shot and he would just get himself out of trouble over and over again so he, he, the one thing i really liked about his win now compared to the prior years was um one how close it was and two how um how consistent and how focused he was on these wins. He, he knew right away that he was he had a chance to win. I think I saw a stat. I think it was this was the first major that he won where he was he was trailing heading into Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that that definitely says a lot about his game too. And he had to show a lot of perseverance where he, you know he came into the round saying you know what I'm not the favorite and people were obviously rooting for him and and obviously betting on him to win. But I mean he actually went into this round as an underdog. You know, so that's also huge on him.
2: You know what did it for me? and I messaged I a messaged group earlier, but like full disclosure, him winning actually brought tears to my eyes. Like as, as as just a, for him as a person, and for me as a golf fan, I think what did it is he said over the years that his kids watch clips of him on YouTube, but they haven't actually been able to witness his greatness, or they weren't old enough to remember. And he's consistently said over the years. I want them to see their dad succeed and, and see sort of mm-hmm. what their dad was, you know, back in, in the 2000s. And after he won, he showed his emotion. I, I was waiting for him. Like, I can't wait to see that moment with his kids. And when he walked over to his son, he gave him that that huge hug, and was, they were both screaming. I was like, that did it for me. I yeah, was done was at special. that point. It was it was so cool to see because you see the, the the human side of Tiger, not the golfer. You see the, him like enjoying that moment with his ch- with his children. I thought it was just. Poetic. It
0: was unbelievable. He's an intriguing figure. He's polarizing. And I'm not sure if you guys saw this on Twitter, but uh, we all know that Tiger wears Sunday red. He wears a, a red Nike shirt. Usually it's a polo. Today he was wearing the red mock turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Okay. What Tiger wore today has sold out As a at, at, Golf, at Golf Town. Unbelievable. It, um, <laughs> in stores and online, sold out. Wow, the yeah. big winner today, aside from Tiger, was Nike. And oh, for they, sure, they
1: definitely got their return. Nike it seems the like they, they always know how to cash in. They stuck by his side. Yeah. they didn't dump him like we like we said earlier. They didn't dump him. Uh,
0: even and even why would you? Standards. Like like I said earlier, golf's one of yeah. those sports where you can make a comeback like that. People get better with age in golf and in terms of the business side, they, they cashed in greatly
1: today. Yes. Oh. by stick He, he gave them their return. I love Just it. in today alone, which is incredible when you think about it from like the business side of sports as well. So fires me up for golf more than yeah. anything right now. I can't wait to get out there. Fires me up for our golf rounds
0: coming up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A little side note, but over the last, I think last, it was last year it wasn't our first year, but for two years now, we've been having a, a number of tournaments with, uh, with a bunch of us. So with the boys. We have uh, four tournaments a year, and we have one major called the Herald. So um, we'll, be, we'll be doing our third year on that now. So we're, we'll definitely have some uh, more stories to come about that. But Big time plug for the Herald. Yeah, I think we should actually open that up. We should open like it right up.
0: Right now, it's just a, what's a core eight of us. Six, uh, eight, six. S- how many did we have last year? Six? six. Yeah, we can open it up. So if there's any listeners out there, if you want to join a golf tournament, we do it every August. July or August. Usually late July, early August. Yeah. yeah just a complete dump of a chorus. Do we want to explain why it's called The Herald? I think so. I think the, the listeners need to hear why. And maybe, this interesting, is, interesting. maybe this is yeah. a smooth transition it is. into Leafs talk. Yeah. But we call it The Herald because uh, once upon a time, there used to be a, a Leaf named Harold Drukhan. And we have this thing where we love talking about infamous ex-leafs. Yeah. We should probably make it a segment on this show. I think we're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just... We're like, let's think of the most random leaf. And we said, Harold Drunken, mm-hmm. And then, you know, since we had a couple sodas, you know, at the tournament, we actually titled it the Harold Drunken. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So. And then at that point, it
2: just sort of abbreviated into the Harold because calling it the Harold actually does sound very prestigious. It sounds
0: prestigious. There's, it sounds like it yeah.
2: means something. It's a very yeah. like prestigious type of tournament. Whereas. Usually by like the eighth hole, no one remembers anything past that that hole. So it's not the most
1: prestigious it's, event. It's the or, complete opposite of yeah, a prestigious yeah. tournament. It's just a, like you said. It's, it's a drunken, it's a bizarre all masters. masters, but it's a good time with the boys, and you know, I've enjoyed it from what I remember the last year.
2: Yeah, we played we played basketball, um, and you know, we always fill the cooler full of beers, and we get out there, and we always try and find just a cow pasture to play <laughs> on, like. Not, not than, we don't look for amazing Pretty courses amazing or anything. We, we try and find the courses around like Hamilton that we know no one is going to be at because we know, a they'll probably complain. And we'll get kicked off and b we're probably going to tear the course apart. So
0: I got to get a mock turtleneck, a red mock turtleneck for yeah. the Sunday of the Herald. I think, I think we all should just wear, Should we Saturday all go red. mock turtlenecks? I, think for for, I guess I think there should be
1: a requirement for the Herald. You got to wear a, a Sunday red mock turtleneck, whatever brand doesn't matter. I think, I think we should make that the, uh, with the Bryson DeChambeau hat. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if, if we can call it Sunday Red, but I think you've
2: mentioned this before. We can't do these types of tournaments on Sunday anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, going to be Saturday. Saturday because we tee off at noon and we're, we're usually not finished until 7. And then we go for some drinks after that. And
1: Monday always ends up being a little bit Yeah, we bit might have to go. Yeah, Sunday. We might I, have to move that down. I definitely uh, I can't handle those
0: those nights anymore. I'm not 18-19 uh, anymore. So we've actually went 25 minutes without talking about the Leafs on the show. That's a record. That's a record. Yeah. Um, Sunday might have been a little bit of a black mood, dark mood for a lot of the fans. We were almost going to do the podcast almost on Friday, almost. And I said, let's wait till game two. Because I think we were all going to jump on the train and say the Leafs were going to win the Stanley Cup after Game One on Thursday.
2: I was doing somersaults. If we did the podcast Friday, I would have come in here doing jumping jacks yeah. and somersaults. It would have been
0: just it would have been move. a very um, biased podcast if we did it on Friday. And I, I like to stay kind of neutral. I like to criticize and analyze. Um, so let's talk about what everyone wants us to talk about. Let's talk about the Leafs. Let's talk about Game One and Two because there's a lot here. I don't know where to start. But maybe we should start with, what are your thoughts about a 1-1 series split? Because I think it's fantastic. Let me
2: let me say, if, if
0: last Thursday, and I
2: believe we were all you know saying this in the group, but we were like, if they can walk out of Boston and come home with a 1-1 split, unbelievable. And you're referring to our Leafs group. Yeah. Yeah, our Leafs group. We would have signed off on a 1-1 split in Boston 100%. On saying that, there was no... It, how can I word this? The spectrum in terms of how game one and two went were complete opposite. Game one complete domination on the road. And that then, was the most complete game they played all year. And then game two, the complete opposite of a domination or a yeah. dominating game. So it, it sort of leaves me with like, well, what team are they then? Like the, the team I expected them to be in game one was what we saw in game two.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. We look like two completely different teams. Uh, but game one, I don't know what they ate that morning or what they drank, but they they were that was the best game. Like you could argue that that was the best game they played all year. Like that He's was kind of, that was kind of like mm-hmm. the Islander game they played two weeks ago, except they got a few more goals and I thought their He's offense good. they penetrated the, the the Bruins defense a little better. Uh, they're they're creative. They generated um, best game they played all year, hands down. Muzzin's best game he played all year. Mm-hmm. Then you know yesterday he played his worst game. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think we can all agree that 1-1 is huge. We needed the 1-1 split. What I'm mad about, what I'm really mad about, is you guys have been watching the Columbus series. All right. They are up to nothing. They won 5-1 on Friday night. They're up 2-0 right now. End of second. Columbus is up 2-0. Columbus is keeping that foot on the pedal and they are. They're like, they're not given. The Lightning anything. They're putting the nail... It looks like... I mean, anything could happen. It looks like they want to put the nail in the coffin. They want to... They want to finish off this Lightning team. I thought last night was a great opportunity for Toronto to go into Boston and play for the win. Instead, they played not to lose. you agree with that? Yep. I I think... I forget who
1: it was. Um, somebody tweeted it out. It might have been Duffy, but... Somebody was saying that in terms of, like, the Columbus and Tampa series, uh, Tampa, similar to Boston and Toronto, they had a playoff spot locked up months ago. So their foot was off the gas. They were just really coasting into the playoffs and weren't playing their best hockey. Columbus is a team that had to scratch and claw their way in just to make the playoffs. So they're coming across a team where they're – they're playing their grittiest hockey. They're scratching, clawing their way to every victory, and that's a team that you want to. That's a, that's how you want to play going into the playoffs. You got to play hot. You got to play on your toes, and you got to be prepared. And that's what this team, that, that Columbus team at Tortorella, has been like for like the last two weeks. And it's clearly. But I going.
0: I understand that. But here's where I here's where I'm starting to think like, well, who who really is this team? Like you said, Brian, because Thursday they looked like a team that was hungry. All right, the Leafs Mm you're referring to, yeah, the Leafs on Thursday looked like a team that was hungry. Doesn't that get them fired up for Game Two? It should. Like, doesn't that doesn't that like trigger something within them and say, guys, here's a real opportunity to come out because you know we knew Boston was going to come out Mm -hmm. firing and hitting everything they see. Shouldn't the Leafs be a bit more prepared for that? And and aren't they? Um, doesn't Babcock prepare them for that? Or don't they themselves prepare themselves for that? Like if we know Boston's going to come out running, they know Boston's going to come out hitting and running at them. Yeah. So what? doesn't that game one victory, shouldn't that fire you up to be like, let's, let's take a stranglehold here. But they come out and it's like they're just happy. They're happy for the split. We should be happy for the split. They shouldn't be happy for the split. I think that was
2: probably the, the most passionate I've been watching a game for a while. Yeah, you I remember, were fired up. I remember looking over at you guys about three minutes in, I'm like, we're playing right into their game. We're playing right into what Boston wants us to do. We're not a tough team, but we were trying to act like it last night. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, what, about five minutes in, they were up one nothing, And at that point, I knew it was over. There's almost no point watching the rest of the game because I just knew Boston is hitting. They're forechecking. They're faster. They're doing everything that they should have done in game one against yeah. us. And I think the Leafs just got scared. I think... Boston was coming at them, the arena was loud, and I think they just turtled.
0: And, and I guess, and I'm, I, I have a hard time understanding why they're turtling. Like, why don't they just stick to their game? Play physical, but at the same time, play your game. They got away from their game last night. They just, they shied away. And again, I'm, the goals that Toronto let in last night, like, they were by no means beauties by Boston. Jake Muzzin gave away two mm-hmm. two in the first. Neilander breaks the block in his own net. Yeah, like there was an opportunity there. Like the Leafs still had third the shots were a little bit imbalanced because Boston had the five minute major, yeah, the, the power, power play. The Leafs got the five minute penalty which we'll get to in a second because that's going to be an interesting discussion. Yeah. But if you look at the shots, they were generally without that power play around 35-30. It was like the same amount of shots as Thursday night. They came they did come on a little bit as the game went on. They couldn't weather that first 10 minutes of Boston.
2: Shots, yes, were around the same that they were in game yeah. one. But, and I remember mentioning this again last night, there wasn't one point that I can specifically remember where I got off my seat yes. because I was excited for a scoring change.
0: No, they, they got completely outplayed <coughs> last night.
2: Not one time, did I say, wow, I can't believe, you know, Rask made a save or that was a great defensive effort from Boston. Or again, aside from, from that cadre goal, there wasn't one time where I got off my feet and said, wow, that was close. Yeah, it was Not very, one. it was very
0: perimeter. Like they were yeah. getting shots in from, um, bad angles from the point, it they just, they, they, they shut, down, shut them down. They shut them down. They shut them down offensively, but, and they, they, they
1: played a perfect game. But in game one, the, the, the Leafs' forwards were skating circles around yeah. Boston's D.
0: They, they made Chara look like he was 50. Mm-hmm. Boston completely outplayed us. But here's my concern, and, and um, well, here's my question, I should say. Which Leafs' team is going to show up in game three?
1: I think you're what well, we're hoping, but I think we're going to see the team in game one. Just based on the fact that they're at home, and they're going to be jacked, the fans are going to be jacked. They're going to give them that extra little push to play better. So I think they'll be they'll be skating. But well, I, like I said, I'm I'm hoping we'll see what the lineup's going to look like with this pending Kadri suspension or situation. But and we'll see what adjustments they make. But if they don't, they might be not too one. My, I, yeah. Go ahead,
2: my opinion on tomorrow, I think we'll see a hybrid. Of the Leafs in game one and game two and I also think we'll see a sort of a hybrid effort from Boston as well I don't see one team dominating the other we dominated in game one. They dominated in game game two I think we're gonna see a lot of a a lot closer of a game tomorrow Like a a 3-2 or 4-3 type game where both sides are sort of playing a little bit more
0: open hockey So what's the solution if Boston continues to take the body because like you said right we can't that's not our game I thought we had a pretty good. We played well game one in, in terms of taking the body. Trevor Moore took out, uh, took out um, Chara. Connor Brown. Who did he take out? Was that McAvoy?
2: He had the best game of the yeah season, best game of the season game one.
0: So we know that they have the ability to be physical, but you can't like you can't go toe to toe with Boston in physicality. You're not going to win that battle. So if Boston continues to be physical, what's the answer for the Leafs? Like, what do they got to do? I, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to blame
2: refing, but you, the refs need to take control of that. It was atrocious refing yesterday. They were letting Boston have their way with Toronto, knowing that we can't keep up with them on that. So then you have, yeah, some some, uh, retalii- some retaliation, and we get penalized for it. So I think the refs said later on in the game, we're just trying to sort of make up for a lot of the missed calls earlier. But I don't think, to your point, there's really a solution on how the Leafs can master physicality. The they refs, just got to play their game. They need to play their game. And at that point and all season long, they play their game and let the refs take care of the rest. And they, they I mean, the Leafs are what the least, uh, they have the least amount of power plays all season. So mm-hmm. it's not like they've been able to rely on that, that, that those calls and stuff that are going, uh, that should be going against them. So the, the
0: short answer to your question is I don't think there is a solution that we can get around their physicality. And that's one of the reasons why I took Boston to win the series mm-hmm it's because i don't know what the the answer is to yeah play your game but playing your game you also got to play with a little bit of grit you also got to you got to hit you got to finish your check in the corners i agree though and i don't i want to clarify because i don't want to make it seem like we're making excuses boston completely dominated us outplayed us yesterday the refereeing was horrible though that was the worst offici- the nhl should actually be ashamed of themselves that game was the worst officiated game i've ever seen they they let it get away way too and there's so but there's so many layers to this I'm not a big fan on how the game is called two different ways in the season the playoffs. I never have been. I'm also not a fan of letting one team get away with a lot, because Bo- Boston got away with yeah, a yeah. lot. Like you, I don't know if you guys saw some of the some of the replays today, uh, some of the gifs on uh, gifs or gifs. I don't know what you call them. They're screenshots. And Screenshot. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It's it, all these things that DeBrusque did during the game. Like they they were playing very dirty and. I don't know. We can talk about... We can go into Kadri's hit and and his potential suspension for his hit on DeBrusque. I don't see DeBrusque being any cleaner or giving... um, Let me rephrase that. I don't think DeBrusque should get away with anything he did in yesterday's game. His hits were dirty. Like, some of his hits were dirty. His knee-on-knee was brutal. His knee-on-knee alone should have worn his suspension. Is that I mean, not a suspension? Yeah, absolutely.
2: that a minimum of penalty. Minimum. minimum. of penalty. There's no call on that. And that's no that's what I mean when I said that the refs let that get out of hand, and in a way, what happened with Kadri is sort of their fault. Kadri's looking mm-hmm. at saying, well, they don't have my back, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep having their way with me and the rest of the players, so I got to do something about it. That's what he did. He was sick and tired of, of Boston just having their way with, with these guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Dirty checks, elbows to the head, knee on knee. He also took a shot at Kadri's head. It wasn't with a stick, but he mm. took a shot at Kadri's head with his, with his glove, with his yeah. fist too. Elbow Dermot. Elbow Dermot. Like Marlo what? got hit pretty bad, mm. but that's okay. I don't understand why. Like, why is Kadri picked out of this as the bad guy? I think it's just his history. It's his history. It. It's, it's what Riffs happened last Riffs year. Refs yeah. always go after guys with history. They they don't they. But the brusque... It's a bit of a bias. The, the kid. The, I, I would argue the knee on knee was worse than what Kadri did. The knee on knee could end your career. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I obviously think the the Kadri.
1: I mean, Krawcheck. It was bad. It was a brutal. It was a brutal hit on him. But I mean, that knee was just brutal. Open ice. You literally come flying in just. And they, just completely they take do, do what on. he did on Marlow too, guys yeah. like. It was NHL a, it was a veteran, veteran has respected around the league trash play there's no need for that so I don't blame Kodry what it,
2: it's, it's all this has been going on all mm-hmm. game long finally he got fed up I'm like I gotta, I gotta make, yeah. I gotta make a, an effort here and do something about it and it's probably gonna have him suspended I'd say
0: personally the rest of the series it, it's, there's talk that he's gonna get three games I see the people are gonna disagree with me and I, but I don't care I don't think he okay is is the incident suspendable yes mm-hmm. But based on the non-calls from yesterday's game and what DeBrusque did, I don't. I think they should just say give him a warning and move on, or fine him. Like there shouldn't be a suspension here because it was tit for tat. He was just as dirty, DeBrusque. Sean Avery said Sean Avery is my favorite person he's in the world right now I love him he's a beauty I hate it you, I like where'd this guy come from this guy's my he's favorite guy asshole. right now I don't, is he a commentator does he work for any an actor he's, he's like an, actor. an aspiring
2: actor in New York now. fashion too yeah he's
0: my favorite he's guy on social media right now with these comments he's making he's, he's totally right Debrusque is greasy well if you really want to even even this up suspend
1: suspend DeBrusque And you suspend Kadri. That's
0: the way they should do it. That's 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 not the way officiating.
1: That's how you clean up the series. If you 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 messed up, and and your officiating was atrocious in Game Two, if you want to clean it up a bit, have the league step in, suspend DeBrusque, suspend Kadri, have tighter officiating for the rest of the series, and then you know the, the the players might start policing themselves. It's, if you don't and you continue to let it slide, it's just going to get dirtier, it's going to get more physical, and there's going to be way more injuries.
2: I don't know how this works um, with the in-person hearings, but from what I heard yesterday, the meeting was going to be today in Toronto. Now it looks like it's happening tomorrow in New York. So we know in less than Wait, minutes, in New York in New York. Oh, which means is it in person or in person here, so here in New like, York. So which means he's gonna get suspended one game because unless not to make. unless he goes in the morning and flies back, uh, you know, a la Vince Carter, same day yeah. and plays later on that night. But it looks like we're, it's at least one game. What I'm curious is is he by himself or can not he bring his either his agent or you know Shane like Han a, or someone from the team
0: or a lawyer? Like can you bring a lawyer, an arbitrator? Like I don't I don't know. Maybe like someone from the
2: NHLPA could come in with him. But what, I, what, what I'm curious is if if he can bring someone with him can they put together sort of a little highlight clip of right. everything Boston got away with? It's like, this yeah. is why this happened. Yeah. I was just trying to, to to say to Boston,
0: you can't do that with my players anymore. I'd love to find that out. That's a great, I was actually thinking about that today. Can you make, a, can you bring someone to make a case for yourself? Cause obviously you can make a case for yourself.
2: But like you can appeal the decisions and stuff they make well, after, but yeah, I want to know Yeah. Can you bring someone in there or at least bring video evidence saying, look at what happened for the entire game up until that incident. This is why that happened. Which I think the NHL would come back and say, "Yeah, but you still, you should, you should have known, you should have learned your lesson from last year, blah blah blah." But I think that would help just a little bit. Regardless, I'd say minimum he gets his two. I'm thinking three <sighs> to five. I think he's gone the
0: rest of the series. That's my personal opinion. I've seen worse. He, he was I, like yeah. I saw in general. I've seen worse in the past. I saw worse last night with the too. Like I don't I mean, get Kucherov's was, was a pretty dirty hit too. I just, I, I don't he get got it. three? No, he got one game.
2: But I, this wasn't as bad as his hit last year, but... No, his hit, yeah, his
0: hit last year was bad.
2: It was warranted three. I thought he was going to get two last year and ended up getting three. But if he gets three for this, this is just a case of you've done this before. You're a repeat offender and you haven't learned your lessons. So we're throwing the book at you again. And I think maybe playing in Toronto is sort of a downfall in this situation because the focus is on Toronto league-wide more than any other team. This is George Paris' way to say... Look, I'm going to make a statement now. Look, see, if you do this, three games. Yeah. Because it's Toronto and the market is so big, it's, it's in a way to make an example of somebody. And I, I think three games is unfair. I think that's totally unfair. But, and the thing is, part of my reasoning why I thought the Leafs would have a chance to series, because I always circled back onto last year and said, yeah, we have Tavares now, but last
0: series we also played without Kadri for three games. Well, they're taking away one of the X factors we talked about last week. If they suspend Kadri, that's one X factor. That's one less centerman. We don't have the uh, Matthews, Tavares, Kadri one-two-three punch down the middle anymore if he gets suspended.
2: And, and that's, again, what I was bringing up as, and I'm sure a lot of us were, this could be the difference this year. We didn't play with him for three games last year, and it was sort of an excuse in a way, saying we lost one of our top centers. Same thing might happen again this year. It's frustrating. He's got to know better, though. Bottom line... Yes, he was taking action, and he was trying to sort of you know, tell his team, listen, I got you guys. Mm. He shouldn't have done that, though. Yeah. He, you, he's got a fuse that like, uh, just yeah. snaps. If you want to get back at him, fight him. Drop the gloves Drop and take a five-minute yeah. five
1: penalty. Get him off the ice. Fight him. Yeah, that's what I mean like it's yeah. not enough of these cheap hits or stuff in the corner where you're taking guys heads off Go old-school fight him and the funny thing is if, if he put him in a headlock dropped his gloves punched
2: him and knocked yeah. him out, he would just get five minutes He wouldn't get a suspension for that But because he took a to a cheap to his shot. Face, if he
1: just sucker if you would yeah, sucker yeah. punched him or something He'd still he definitely would got suspended
2: But if you wrestled him to the ground sort of and they sort of got up and they threw yeah. a few punches Which five minutes Maybe head a head. fine, but because he took a, a cross check to his face Three games. Mm. He's got to know better. Bottom line, he's, he's a veteran now. He's
0: got to know better, uh, and I, I agree with you, Jordan. I think that they both should be suspended. It's I think it's unfair that they're picking one guy in a situation, even if it is a suspendable offense. Discipline both, because now it feels like Boston just got away with one. Yeah, and it,
1: it tilts the tilts the series in their favor. But he, it, now you got to pick a player out for them, and
0: and, and it, but prizes. it kind of sends the message to Boston that what you're doing is okay. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. And now, the, and now the Leafs, who are already a timid team, it's like, well, we can't do anything to respond to that, or we might get suspended, we might get, a, or we might get a penalty against, we might get a five. Uh, and it also it also takes five, minute, suspension, also five takes minutes suspension. One of the
1: toughest players out of their lineup. And we don't one have of the any only of them to begin yeah, with. exactly
0: one yeah. of the only guys
1: that actually played a physical game. It didn't take any shit from them, and he's out now. So that take that completely opens up the game for Boston. Is DeBrusque that big of a game changer? He has been He was, last, been night. He not was not last night. He was last night wise, but he's definitely got under their skin. He was last he was night factor last
0: year too. Okay. Maybe. So what's the response? What's the response tomorrow?
1: The response
2: tomorrow. And I hate to pick on him is Austin Matthews just to come out and have a hat trick or at least have a big game.
0: That I have the response. I would love to see. I don't know if I'd be comfortable with this. I'd love to see Austin Matthews set the tone and just come out and drop the mitts with the, the brusque. Just set that's the tone. It's a brutal tone. trade-off, though. <laughs> it's a brutal trade-off. If he gets knocked mm-hmm. out, Yeah, <laughs> and he gets hurt, hurt. yeah. yeah, yeah. We we, sure that's why I'm awesome. saying I'd probably be uncomfortable with it. But like someone's gotta step up and ready the goad. Someone's gotta step up and fight and fight Debrusque. They say fighting's at a hockey. You got to stand up for yourself a little tomorrow because Boston got away with one with yeah. not getting a DeBrusque suspension. They got away with one, so DeBrusque can't come into our barn tomorrow and start running the show. Someone's got to step up in a clean way and and quiet him down a little bit. He can't be I can he can't him. be the reason why the Leafs lose. DeBrusque can't be the reason. Maybe Marshawn Bergeon, okay. He can't be the reason why this series is changing Mm -hmm. or or is going to, is going to change. It can't be, it can't be DeBrusque. I'm sorry. Well, if you want to fire your team up, it's gotta be,
1: uh, I'd love to see a younger guy like a Kapanen or, or any of those fourth liners like Brownie or, or even Trevor Moore come in and just dust it up. It'll show the veterans. It'll literally wake your entire team up. Like, wow, these young guys are actually stepping in, trying to, trying to protect us and and defend our team.
2: I get that point, but I, I can guarantee you Bruce Cassidy's going in there tomorrow and saying, don't, Involve yourself in any type of fighting hit like you did before play the same type of game. Someone wants to drop their gloves back off I- Interesting quote. And I don't know if you guys saw us today Bruce Cassidy on Jake DeBrus hit on Nazim Qadri. I thought it was clean looking back on it shoulder to shoulder Obviously Qadri stayed down. I mean that's prerogative when you get hit Just throwing shade.
0: Yeah on Qadri clearly you didn't see the same hit because it definitely was a shoulder to shoulder What's the difference here? I'm showing a video of uh, what did to Kadri. like what, what's the difference here? He, yeah, he, he kind of punched his, like, he shoved his head. The difference well, is the, is the, the stick. The difference is it was a cross check to the neck. And, and the difference like the is eight. the stick too, yeah. but when you factor this in with the hit on Marlowe and the knee on knee, I just don't know how three of those don't equate to the one that mm-hmm. cat I don't know. I am really at a loss for words for, I think it was the worst officiated
2: game. See, the only positive I can maybe come out of what happened last night for tomorrow the refs may try and make an example out of Boston. If they come out and play that same type of game, it could work in our favor. Yeah. I'd be shocked if the league at some point didn't reach out to those officials and say, explain
1: yourself. They had to, because like players, I believe from what I've heard, refs also get evaluated. Well, they have managers, like they have supervisors that are, I think they have super like the NFL. They have supervisors that are either at the game or watch Every game, because like obviously the refs have to get managed by somebody. Where there's the league, they know that 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 they've seen that was
0: a poorly officiated. I
1: hope
2: they they know that, unless their their heads are so big that they thought they managed that game well. But I would thoroughly be disappointed if no one reached out to them from league office or maybe like you said, their managers or supervisors
0: said, "Explain what happened." Well, how did that game get away from you? I think the fact that there is going to be a suspension and the fact that there was a five minute major says that the game did get out of control. Absolutely. So there's, there's, no, there's no questions there. The game got out of control. Obviously, I was kidding earlier about Austin Matthews dropping the gloves. We just want to see this guy do what tomorrow? We want to see him contribute. Score. Score. Get involved. <laughs> play maybe the, play physical. The trend
2: is, in the past few years, is the first three-ish games doesn't do anything, and then he'll score a couple of goals later on, pad the stats a little bit, and it goes back to Phoenix. He can't get a... But
0: Austin Matthews... <laughs>
2: Whoa. <laughs> like, drop that in there <laughs> hey, I don't mean him as a I just mean the series is over most guys that are from Ontario stay here and he
0: bolts back home we um we're almost getting used to this silence by Austin Matthews because I feel like he's been silent for a while now very inconsistent if we look at his season overall I thought he played a really good game one the guy's got a score though He's a he's a he was a minus one last night. The guy's got to score. He's got to contribute. Uh, or, I've never seen a guy with his physical makeup just be so timid. Like, why doesn't he finish his checks? Why doesn't he grind it out in the corners consistently? Why doesn't he take it to the net? Like, where where is this guy? It just it bugs me because. Of- Marner has proven, and
2: no one's proven anything because they haven't won a round yet yeah. as a group. So yeah. I'm, I, I caution myself before I even go forward with that. But in the games that we've seen these guys play, Marner's showing that he can step up. Tavares has only played two games. He played fantastic in game one. Matthews now is, what's this, His uh, fift- he's played 15 playoff games with Toronto. Yeah. And I can't say that he's been too, too dominant.
0: He hasn't made a difference. His best playoff series was against Washington. He actually did he did decent in that series. He got some big goals, I guess especially Game Six. He set the tone to go up one nothing there off Absolutely. that uh, puck
2: that came off the yeah. boards there. But you expect more from a guy who labels
0: himself and everyone else labels him as a as a generational superstar. And I hope he's not. I hope he's not acquiring the superstar status because he scores some highlight goals. Because he scores some goals, maybe when the game is at a point where it's won or lost, he's got to score when it means something. I think that's what we're all looking for, too. Get a big goal for your team. Get the first goal of the game. All right? Score a game winner. Like, this is our guy, and he's got to play like our guy. And if he wants to be our captain, you've got to do something. That's captain material. You've got to show up. Show up, Austin Matthews. We need you. Then, yeah. And there's got to be a game that he dominates.
2: I heard the stat before even like uh, the playoffs started that that Patrick Line was just having a terrible like regular season like yeah, he hadn't it's scored in forever. There. He's
0: got three goals. Yeah, right? he scored tonight. Yeah, he scored tonight. So he's, he's scored three goals now in three games. And that's the thing we talked about. Like the playoffs is an opportunity to kind of it's a fresh start. Nylander looks like he's he he was he was on the right path and taking advantage of that in game one. He got a big goal. Yeah, uh, like gave it away. Gave that it was a, the least play I've ever seen in my life. Gave it away yesterday, but. This is this can be a fresh start for Austin Matthews. He's just got to bring the energy. I don't I don't see I don't see the energy right now. I saw it in game one. I know game one he didn't get on the score sheet. His stick checks were good. He was defensively responsible. But the, what we've been talking about with Austin Matthews has been the consistency, and it's it's not consistent from game to game. And if they're going to win the series, they need him to contribute. And that starts tomorrow.
2: That starts tomorrow night. You come home, sleep in your own bed, you're at your own house, you have your, your game day routine at home. Yeah. Figure it out. Put on a show tomorrow night, honestly. And by the time we record this podcast, I mean, game six is next Sunday, so a lot can happen in the next week. Depends on when we record next. So we could be coming in here next time. At least we could win in five. We don't know that. But we don't win this series unless guys like that step up.
0: It's going to be an interesting week for Toronto. Um, it was all positive after game one. I think game two put things into perspective a little bit. But yeah, this is a best of five now. We've got to grind this out. You know, and we, we have, have home ice at this point. We have home ice. We, yeah. we took that split in Boston. We, we took home ice from them. Now let's take advantage of it. Win so the next two at home. We know that Boston's probably going to go heavy again tomorrow. They're going to keep Bacchus in the lineup because they, he was out... Out the lineup in game one. Any changes you anticipate from Babcock? Well, well minus the, what, you know, minus what of like K- a lineup change with Kadri will be the lineup suspension.
1: change if he's suspended. But I think he'll he'll play a matchup game more just because he's going to have the last change being at home. He's going he's going to have to do something that Bergeron line. I don't
0: know if he's going to keep the Tavares line on him. But well, the Bergeron the one the, one uh, change that Cassidy made. I think the Bergeron line was on the Matthews line was on the Matthews line last, line last night.
2: Which yeah. is interesting because I thought that would open up Martin and Tavares a little bit, but they were they were ghosts last yeah. night
0: too. I mean, the whole team. So was... So why didn't that was a Cassidy adjustment, right? Like Cassidy yeah. threw Bergeron on with Matthews. Why didn't Babcock switch back to the matchup with Tavares? Like why didn't he match Tavares back up with Ber- like why was Bergeron he, With home ice, you get the last change, so they they can play the matchup. Oh, so they so, can yeah. they can. They make can make the, that change without mm. us responding to it.
2: Yeah, unless we do wow. it on the fly right after the faceoff, yeah, which right, is just right.
0: tough to do. That's it. tough to do.
1: Yeah, so now that we have home ice, we get that last change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you saw it with, even at the, the start of the game, the, the Tavares line started, and then he played the fourth line. Cassidy started the fourth line against the, the Tavares line, and then as soon as the puck was dropped, they switched on, and then there, the fourth line came on.
2: What bugs me about Babcock is this isn't game 63 of the regular season where you're comfortably in a playoff spot, you're rolling all four lines. The Leafs scored last night, and the fourth line was out right after them, which blew my mind. He did that a lot. There. Well, they did have a good first game, but you're right. Like you, you can't
0: roll your top guys.
2: You're not going to follow up with with Frederic Gauthier. I, I love him, but he's not going out there. He's not going to score you a goal. You have some momentum. You just scored. You're down three-one at that point. You get another quick goal. The game is very well reachable. He's so stubborn to the point where it just it bugs not only myself, but you see it a lot online. It bugs a lot of people. Double shift Matthews out there. Mm-hmm. Throw Tavares on the fourth line. Bench Gauthier for a minute. Add some speed. His wingers are quick. Goche is slow. Yep. So if you're actually going to come out with that fourth line, toss Matthews out there. Give him some more minutes. Get him going maybe a little bit. Give him some more ice time trying to make him score a, little, a few more goals. Yep. I, I, if the Leafs are down tomorrow, I don't want to see Gauthier out there after they score or late in the third
0: period if they're trying to make a comeback. It just drives me crazy. Yep, I agree. It's a big series for my Bab- Mike Babcock as well. So... Um, we'll see what he we'll see what he brings tomorrow. We'll see what changes maybe he implements, if any. Uh, we'll see who he puts in the third line center role if Kadri's out. Uh, so that that should be interesting. Um, and he has that change. He has that last change, which I'm sure will be big because I think Tavares is a good matchup for Berge, for that Bergeron line. And if you can take anything away from this series, I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job containing Pasternak, containing Bergeron, containing Marchand. Mm-hmm. Right, I think I, there's. It's nowhere near what it was last year. The first two games last year, they were just they were it was having a no joke. With it, us, them. So. it was, it was it a joke. So yeah, we can we can be a little bit um, down maybe from last night's game. I, I do see it as a, obviously one one is more than positive. It's it's oh, every yeah. we would have signed off on that at any point. I think where we I think it's the type of game Boston played and our unwillingness to respond to that is where we draw a little bit of concern.
2: The funny part is if we were recording today and the Leafs got manhandled in game one and then game two they played like they did in game one, we'd be the, in here singing their phrases. Absolutely. hundred percent. We'd say, wow, you know, they, they got crushed game one, they came back, they showed resilience, they played a shutdown game, they got that split on the road. Now because we've seen that they could show some positivity in the first game, then they they bounced back of the game like that. That's why it's a primarily negative vibe around Leafs Nation right and, now. But at least we know they're capable. Which is a good thing to take yeah, out of that. It's a, a great thing to take from and that. And like we said, if if you said Thursday morning, hey, would you sign off on a 1-1 split no matter how it goes down? We'd, uh,
0: everyone would. Two seconds, I would have signed off on that. 100%. Absolutely. You guys want to talk Lumbus? Want to talk Lumbus-Tampa? Before, uh, I think Brian's going to... Head out soon. We'll talk sure. you a little Lumbus, Tampa before we. Uh, I'll
2: let you guys get into Brian. the raps talk. after Yeah, we'll that. get into so, raps so talk. Oh, there's a lot. To talk yeah, Brian, about. Brian doesn't easy. like the raptors. I'll, I'll bring.
0: I'll bring in a ton of. Uh, we don't want Brian talking about the raptors. He's going <laughs> to talk smack about our here. Raptors. But yeah, I like the, I mean, I like the Mavs. You like the? You're a Mavs fan, right? Yeah, I always have been. Yeah, man. Mavs. They're decent. Shout out to Disco Dirk for a time. Yeah, Disco Dirk is man. beauty, man. What a beauty. Uh, so we t- we mentioned the Jackets a little earlier. We, we can kind of talk about all the series if you guys want. Uh, but we can start there because it's the most. Intri- it's one of the most intriguing results right now. Uh, it's I, I got to look up the score, the, the most updated score, and it's two one now for Columbus. But if they hold off for another ten minutes and twenty seconds, they'll be up three nothing against what is arguably the best Presidents Trophy team Almost in ever. NHL history. I love it. I love this. It's in- incredibly positive
1: for for the Leafs. That's for sure, um, it- and shocking for the entire league.
2: The, the way I look at it is Columbus does sort of have that gritty feel to them though where they can they can play a tougher game Whereas a lot of people compare the you know Tampa Obviously, they're a lot better than the Leafs obviously, but they sort of say yeah they're, they're all skill based not really too tough I think Columbus is doing sort of what Boston did to us last year. They're showing that toughness I don't think Tampa can match that or expected that and like you mentioned earlier They've been playing for nothing since like November
0: We we were all you know kind of joking after the Leafs won Game One and Columbus was up two nothing that you know we we would meet Columbus in the second round that would be a tough matchup too that's no wouldn't be we wouldn't steamroll Columbus Lebrowski can just have himself a series and that's it the Blue Jackets team is good and it's the way maybe the way they developed their team was very um, very unordinary rarely do we see a GM go all in like Columbus's GM did at the deadline for getting Duchesne a for a team spot? that wasn't in a playoff yeah. spot, like literally went all in and, and acquired all those mm-hmm. like Dushayne Dusne. Who, who else did he acquire? Um there's oh there's someone else. Dezingle. DeZingle, yeah like he made he made some he made a splash right with a team that potentially won't even have Bobrovsky and Panarin come in next year. So um, it's kind of cool to see that be rewarded
2: because barely too though. Like the, even after that trade, they lost a couple games in a row and were just like just hanging on by a thread. It's not like they dominated after that.
0: Yeah, and, and then they really started picking it up. But
2: I think that gave them some confidence as a group. And it took them a couple games to sort of figure out some chemistry because there were so many new pieces coming in there. But it is quite amazing to see you know what they're doing against the you know sixty win team right now.
0: They have a nice team. Like even Josh Anderson's a good player. Nick is <coughs> good. Panarin's good. Zingle is a decent player um, and then you got Duchesne. I mean Duchesne, mm-hmm. Duchesne scores goals so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that um, there's eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the game and again if a Columbus can hold on it's, it's a strange it's yeah. a stranglehold like well let's Tampa's a team that can fire off four there's straight, been, but once
1: yeah, three teams in NHL history they'll yeah. come back from yeah. three oh that's a tough mark especially it's a tough Columbus to you gotta remember yeah, it's, tough. it's tough Co- Columbus has a Vezina trophy winning goalie yeah that's and true too. Any time you have that, plus a, a very experienced coach and torts and um, you know, th- they do have a pretty veteran and gritty lineup as well. so I mean, anytime you have that, you always get a chance to win. I
0: took Pittsburgh. That's another so crazy series. I, I'm I, I am shocked this. right now at, at that they're down 3 nothing. Should I I mean, should we be shocked?
1: I think down three nothing. So. If, if it was two one, yeah. I thought for sure it might be, yeah like you said two one. Maybe even Pittsburgh up two one. I picked them in seven. I gave no respect to the Islanders, but you know, hats off to them. They're playing incredible hockey right now. I think. Do you think that's mainly because of uh, Trots, and or do you think it's an overhaul that that sort of Lemorellos did with a more greedy team? It's tough. Well, I think they got some players. They got start Barzell. They got incredible.
0: I don't see it, like like Barzell. Would you? He's not a super. He's a star player. He's an up he's and coming superstar. An up and coming sure. star. I don't. Yeah, you could argue with he's that. An incredible player. But they got a nice team. Like Eberly, Brock Nelson, uh, Le- Anders Lee. Like they they got a nice group. I think they're just very well coached. They're well so, coached, and they're they're a gritty team. And Robin Leonard's had a resurgence. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow, like <laughs> we're talking about a guy who uh, got traded out of Ottawa. Was on the Sabers, yeah, and then now he's found a role here on the island, and he's huge. He's a huge goalie. Mm-hmm. Not uh, he's, he plays the position. He's a positional goaltender. He's been playing great, and it's this Penguins just haven't been able to stop him. They've had some good looks. I don't know if you guys watched the game today. I was kind of flipping over between that and the Masters. Pittsburgh had some good looks. They just couldn't solve could solve Leonard, but that that's serious. That surprises me. How closely.
2: And I know he would never admit it, but how closely do you think Tavares is following that series?
1: Do you think? I don't think he's following. Do you I, think
2: if they're eliminated, the Leafs are eliminated, and, and the Islanders go on a long run, do you think there's an element of regret, even in the slightest? Well, If they
0: win the cup, absolutely. But even if they go on a, you know, a conference final run, or they make the cup final? I don't think so. Really? I just think Tavares is so, he just looks, this is from the outside. Who knows what a person really feels like in the inside. He just looks like he's so happy with his decision. He's playing in his hometown, playing for his childhood team. The, they're in the playoffs. They're
2: in the play. And yeah, and, and it's not like they've been eliminated. I mean, and the Islanders could lose it's this the series. Leave, yeah, yeah, but I'm
0: saying if the Leafs, you know, losing five, the an Islanders go going on a cup run I honestly or don't win. Think so. I don't think so because it's a, uh, he's, he's here for seven years. Right, so it's not he's not going to base that off, you know, one like one round or one uh, one year. Um, so I, I don't I don't think so. Who really knows? But on the outside, when I see Tavares and the way he speaks, the way he speaks about Toronto and the way he plays, guys, this guy has played like a champ. He's he's everything we've paid for and more. He's comfortable, and he does. I don't think he regrets the decision at all. He's playing on a team that has a history and has an arena. Yeah, yeah, Islanders really.
2: can even yeah. provide him with that. I think he has a big game tomorrow. Yeah. I truly think right. coming that's home great. for his first playoff game at home, I think he goes off. Well, that's, we, again, it's sort of getting away from the whole Islanders series.
0: No, here, no, it's it, we. But we can always relate it back mm-hmm. to the Leafs. Come on, we're <laughs> it's it's purposely outside so here. Get
2: back to the Leafs. Uh, we
0: can, we can any day, any time you want to talk about Leafs on this show, we can even talk. We can be talking about the Raptors. You want to talk about the Leafs? We talk about the Leafs. Uh, it's that time of year, man. It's 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 crazy, um, and and the Leafs got people crazy, right? Like literally. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna say bye to Brian. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see everyone tomorrow. But uh, as he heads out no. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue on here. Um, are we gonna cont- we gonna talk a little more? Yeah, I want to I get want to take a little more NHL. Yeah, I want, to, I want to get your
1: thoughts on, I don't know if we touched base on this already. Because we've got to talk Raptors too, but we're going
0: to go a little more NHL. What do you think the keys to success are for tomorrow? How do the Leafs win tomorrow? How do the Leafs win tomorrow? I think we just talked about John Tavares. He's already had a big game. Like, I thought game number one, a goal and an assist he produced. This game is about the big boys. And I'm going to throw Tavares, obviously, in that group. But Austin Matthews has got to show up tomorrow. Nylander's got to show up tomorrow. Marner and Tavares have already been showing up. So they just got to stay consistent with what they've already have been doing. And structurally, we just got to, we got to be defensively sound we got to be defensively sound the way we were in game number one. And uh, if, if they can do that, if they can not play into Boston's game of being physical, then I 100% think that they not only can win tomorrow, but they can roll with Boston. Because I think me and you had a lot of doubts. Can they roll with Boston? They can roll with Boston. They can roll with Boston. They just got to play their game, the Toronto Maple Leafs game. They can't f- they're not going to out-hit. They're not going to out-body the Bruins. And if you're going to get into an, a, a game where you're going to try to hack players, to slow them down, or, or to build momentum uh, in, a, in a way that kind of gets out of your comfort zone, I don't think it'll turn out very good for the, the Leafs. So I think you've got to play your game You gotta play physical in terms of you gotta be determined to get that puck. You gotta win those puck battles. Okay, play defensively sound, and we need Austin Matthews to show up. That Austin Matthews has gotta show up. It's plain and simple. You'd think that you know they have so many superstars on that team. One of those guys can show up every night and have a big game. They're all capable. So Austin Matthews gotta be capable of doing that
1: you like do you agree with that i agree i agree with everything i think i think that line needs to to do something not just matthews it'd be nice to see kapanen yeah chip in he's been he's been silent johnson has been skating well he's been, they've been playing well but it'd be nice for them to to get off the schneid and 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 start scoring and, and get some points um Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I I think defensively they got to play a bit tighter. They really got to start limiting these turnovers because game two was just atrocious. Muzzin was terrible. They were they were turning the puck over left and right. And I and I said it before even the series started. They got to break out of their zone quickly. They got to start moving the puck quicker. Um, If Boston's gonna start. Forechecking and playing the body even harder. You got to move the puck quicker. You got to you got to play possession hockey. You got to uh, limit the turnovers. You got to break out of your end quicker. You got to skate and you got to you got to play offensive leaves hockey like they did in game one. Yeah, they got they got intimidated a bit. Like like Brian and and you were mentioning earlier, they got they got intimidated by them playing physical. They were taking them out in the corners and. They were just holding on to the puck, I think, a little bit too long, and it was leading to them turning the puck over. So yeah. I think for them, they got to they got to go back to moving the puck well, playing that sort of north north south game. They played in game one. They had dumped the puck in and start start skating. That's it. Just get back to that because when you start playing physical and you start dropping back a bit and and you know you allow Boston to start finishing their checks, so you're, you're going to get into some trouble. And then it was they clearly came across that last game.
0: I think it's going to sound... We don't, we don't have to answer this question. I think it's going to sound... Or it's going to be very interesting. Because we talked about... We don't want the Leafs to feed into that Boston-Bruin game of, of, being out, of trying to out-physical, being out-physical with them, or out-hit them, or whatever you want to call it. We can't be more physical than Boston. So where's the line between being physical but not initiating... That not feeding into Boston's physical game I think that's mm-hmm. what's interesting to me and we don't have to answer that we can just watch it and, and kind of see how it develops because I think they found that balance and I found I think they found that balance in game one If mm-hmm. it seemed like yesterday they they just wanted to engage in that kind of game with a team they
1: yeah well Brian said it they, they were, they, can't they, were, they, were retali- they were retaliating they, they played yeah. Boston baited them into retaliating. They were taking penalties. Um, you know, they tried to, to counter with this physical game and take it to Boston, too, and then they, they sort of lost their game.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that the way to sort of, uh, like you mentioned, not be physical with Boston is to not retaliate. I mean, obviously, there's a difference between retaliation and standing up for yourselves. I think that they, they absolutely have to play some sort of physical game, especially in the corners and especially defensively, but they can't go out. And play this sort of head hunting mentality, or sort of trying to trigger Boston into um, being physical or, or fight with them. Yeah, you got to defend yourself. Um, you, you still got to play physical at some point, but they can't attack Boston in that way or sort of retaliate and play into their favor. And there's a difference. Retaliate by, yeah. by, by playing faster than them. Retaliate yeah. by. Um, you know, getting hit but then not turning the puck over and yeah. continue continue to play the pucks in deep and and you know rub some guys out in the in the yeah. boards but don't try to play this sort of headhunting game like like the debrus game like, yeah. like he was playing last last game. He wasn't focused on the game, he was focusing on pissing off beliefs.
0: And I think there's a difference between playing the type of game they played yesterday against Boston, like trying to retaliate, trying to outhit them, and trying to be more physical. And just winning puck, puck battles. Yeah. Because you, be, you can be physical and win puck battles, but they were trying to be physical and retaliate, like you said. So I think totally, there's a complete difference. And if they can find that balance, they'll be okay. Well, I mean, we went into Toronto yesterday, and it was, there was a great vibe. And I think when we went into Toronto, I said there's only a couple things that can bring this city back down to reality. One was a Leafs loss, and that happened. Another was a Raptors loss. And that happened too. This should be an easy series for the Raptors, and instead, it looks like well, they it looks like it's going to go six. I don't think they can lose. I, I, I don't think they can lose the series. I think they're too good. But if Lowry puts up zero points again, they might. Well, they the stats are there. They said the Raptors
1: are two and fourteen in game ones. That's In brutal. their franchise history. That's brutal. 2-14. I think the last time they won, I saw somebody tweeted out today, I forget who, but they said that the last, time, the last time the Raptors won a game one, Muggsy Bogues was on the team. Wow. And he was at the game. Are you serious? Yeah. Muggsy Bogues. That's, that's how atrocious. That's the history of the Raptors yeah. in terms of game one.
0: Yeah, and they've never been good in game ones. Even with home court, they, they look brutal. The zero points is an issue for Lowry. I think he'll bounce back. Um, Do you think he's hurt? We talked about this last week too. Like the back is going to be an interesting yeah, angle it could here. Could be, could be zero points for your that's starting what, point yeah, guard. Come on, dude! It's unacceptable. It, your star, you know,
1: max contract point guard, all star, and he well, comes in and puts up zero. It's atrocious. That's, that's, that's embarrassing. He, he, that's even, that he even puts up uh, six points. They win. Yeah. That was the difference in them winning. Losing was Lowry getting zero well, points. Well, that's what—that's what, you're,
0: that's what him, uh, I mean. Your, your starting point guard should be a guy who gets ten to fifteen points. Maybe hit the double. Maybe hit about eight or nine assists. Like he didn't get any points. How do you not get any points? You're the starting point guard on the team. You're facing the Orlando Magic, the eighth, the seventh seed. How do you not get any points? He got roasted by, by got ro- social media. even, well, that's even what professional
1: athletes were just torching him on social media
0: you got to be better than that. There's a high standard if you're a number two seed. So that's, that scares me for a couple of reasons. One, it scares me because it makes me think like maybe he's, maybe that injury is, is there. It's still bothering him. He shouldn't be Maybe he just played a really bad game. I don't know. But it makes me think that maybe that injury is still there. And we always talk about keeping Kawhi, keeping Kawhi. Kawhi is going to want to have a starting point guard on his team, and if Kyle can't deliver, you know that that could be the difference between Kawhi staying and Kawhi going. Mm. Now, does that mean does that mean just because Lowry is playing put like crap, does that mean that Kawhi Lowry is going to leave? No, but it could play a role. Like I'm sure if every super every team that wins a championship in the NBA needs a star needs a star point guard. Lowry's not a star point guard anymore. Is that fair to say? He's not a star point guard anymore. He's a
1: good he's a good he's, point he's guard. He's a good point guard. He's not a star. I don't think he's a star. He's not a star. No, he's not a star. No. He's 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 a star per se just because he's on you know, Toronto's own or Canada's only basketball team. He's a star because he's been voted in as an all-star. Well, he was a star. I he think, was, honestly, this year... It, yeah. he's, he's, not a, he's not a
0: star. He's taking a huge left turn him. this yeah. year. So, uh, this should be an easy series for Toronto, and I still think they'll win the Raptors, but not a good start. Down 1-0 to Orlando. Orlando was hitting some shots yesterday. They were horrible defensively.
1: The yeah, they, they were playing half-court. They were horrible. You know, open lanes just they, they couldn't they were not guarding the three ball whatsoever Their their team team defense as a whole is atrocious
0: yeah it was brutal and, and that's something that obviously you think the Raptors well they did I think they did improve on that this year but under Kawhi Leonard a guy who prides himself on his defense that should rub, should rub off on the team as well I think they they took him lightly they took him lightly because Orlando seemed extremely
1: motivated and jacked well, to play. Yesterday. Orlando was two and
0: two against Toronto yeah. this year. They actually played them quite well. Not, I've watched a few of the games against yeah. Orlando. They played the Raptors quite well. Yeah. A few former players in the team too, so that
1: yeah. could also play into it. Like T. Ross, T. Ross is, he had a decent game. Uh, DJ Augustine played really well. Yeah. So they took him lightly. I think a lot of the defensively, of the talk defensively they, they heads, took them lightly. Yeah,
0: they did. They played. They played too loose. They were down by 13. They came back. And we were, when we were watching, they were up by 7. Um, and, they, and then they got, they got the lead, and you thought they were going to run away with it, and then they never did. And it's like, because they played very loosely on defense, they allowed the Orlando Magic to hit those key threes to get them back in the game and eventually take the lead. Mm-hmm. When D.J. Augustine hit that three to take the lead. They, um, they definitely took them lightly. I got some breaking news. We're gonna stem away from the Raptors in just a second. The Columbus Blue Jackets are up three-one with one minute to go. Like, I don't what want to count them is out. What's going on?
1: I don't want to count them out, but I think Columbus is gonna sweep them. Wow! Which would be, would it be one of the biggest playoff upsets? This would
0: be one of the biggest upsets I'd in NHL so. history.
1: I'd say so. The, one of the biggest upsets I've seen. Would
0: Orlando fashion. beating the Raptors be one of the biggest upsets in the NBA? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's, I a, think team it's, also, should, it's a team that should make the NBA yeah.
1: finals. I think it's interesting that Brooklyn's also up on, uh, on Philly as well. Uh, did you see the score of the Bucks game? Who won? The Bucks were up at one point by 40 on Detroit. 40. 40. And wow. the game ended 121-86 Well, they didn't have Detroit didn't have Griffin in the lineup yeah. tonight that, that probably That really what? hurt them, obviously An ass-kicking Giannis had tw- Giannis had a double-double 24 points 16 rebounds Is this guy the MVP? I think he Absolutely. has I think he has my vote for MVP He has my vote for MVP You talk about a Milwaukee He's, the, face of, he's just, the next face of basketball he, he is I think he is a face of basketball Ma- He already. might even be The face of basketball right now Yeah in a, on Milwaukee, you're talking about a superstar on the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: And it's incredible, incredible story from him. Dude, too we him need too. our super, like we need our superstar. We need Kawhi Leonard yeah. to be everything and more. He had a good game yesterday, but we need him. We need everything and more from Kawhi Leonard. We obviously need just more in general from Kyle Lowry. But yesterday, um, Kawhi Leonard, 25 points. Pascal Siakam, a guy we give a lot of love to on this show, 24 points. I think Kawhi needs to play a hell of a lot more. Yeah. He played, what, 33 minutes? 33 minutes last night. Siakam played 42. You want to talk about them? That is an interesting statistic. Lowry, by the way, 34 minutes on those zero points gotta be better
1: when you talk about load management and building up to the playoffs and resting him and stuff and then he go into game one he plays 33 minutes like to me that's kind of off that's kind of an off move i mean you're talking about lebron james playing almost every minute yeah of, of the playoffs and like all these superstars not leaving the court like you you've rested this guy up until now and then you reduce it seems like a reduction in minutes in game one, I mean, this he is the playoffs, played, man.
0: You gotta, you gotta play your stars. Yeah, he played less minutes than Siakam. He played less minutes than Lowry, less minutes than Danny Green, only by one minute. Yeah, you think a guy who's been load, who had that title of load management all season, you thought you think he'd play the most? Who knows? Again, I don't think they want to tire him. This is a bit of a, this is a marathon, not a sprint.
1: But, NBA playoffs. Hey, in the playoffs, you gotta, you gotta win every game. You, got, you can't take days off. you gotta, you, you got to come out and be ready to play every game. And, would, and, what, have and wouldn't the
0: ultimate load management be winning four and rest? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be the ultimate yeah. load management? Yeah. You get your days off. You get your days off
1: when you sweep, like you said, when you sweep series and you're preparing for a team that might be heading into a seven-game series. Yeah. Potentially, like, well, maybe now Philly and Brooklyn. That's definitely a very even match series.
0: I like, I like this road to the finals for the Raptors. But they, <sighs> they got to they gotta win these, these kind of series against these Orlando. They got to win them in five. Yeah. They, five at the very max six. They can't let Orlando take them to seven. No. That happened. In that one year they went to the conference finals. They went to seven in every series. Yeah. Well, except for eventually they met uh, LeBron James in the conference finals. That went six. But they went seven with the Pacers and seven with the with the Heat. Yeah, they 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 gotta they gotta finish off these teams. Mm-hmm. That's what good NBA's teams do, right? They finish teams off early, in the early rounds. Well, that's why LeBron had a lot of success. They were sweeping teams. They
1: were they were well rested going into those series too. And that's what took them far.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, we talk a lot about keeping Kawhi. Um, I heard or I was watching. Um, I was watching Tim and Sid this week and they actually brought uh, an interesting perspective to the whole idea of Magic Johnson leaving the Los Angeles Lakers. A historic franchise in the NBA. And uh, they said, you know, the Lakers got to bring in. It's, a, it's like the Leafs, right? The Leafs brought in Shanahan. They, they got to bring in someone who can figure it out. Just like the Oilers. They got to bring in someone to figure it out. Okay, and they were and they were talking about. Um, I think they were talking about you know, Kobe's name's been mentioned. Um, Pat Riley's name's been mentioned, but they're like, no, 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 no. the Lakers got to bring in someone with a proven track record. Mm-hmm. One of the best track records right now in the NBA is Masai Ujiri. So they're like, could Masai ever be interested in a job? In L.A.? Could he be courted by LeBron James? He's a very respected...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very respected president right now. Let me you, He's done some great things. And I, I think he's done some unbelievable things with his Raptors team. So would he be interested in the Lakers job? And we don't have to answer these questions. Could that potentially be a destination for Mr. Leonard? Well... I thought that conversation they talked about was very interesting. It's interesting, and it makes it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um,
1: I think no matter what, LA is going to be a landing spot for Kawhi potentially. I think he's going definitely going to be listening to like I mentioned before any and all offers presented to him. And you definitely think LeBron is going to be on the phone to him. But um, I think in terms of you, just sort of getting a grasp of what kind of he, man he is like, character wise, I don't think I don't see him leaving until they either make the finals win an NBA championship or, or just get close to it. I, I think he's a type of guy that wants to finish what he starts um, he's obviously committed to building a winner here I, I think he's definitely confident that they can re-sign Kawhi um, and I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make more moves this off season, especially if they don't have success or at least, you know, make the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. So I think he's not. I don't think he's the type of guy that would just jump ship and an offer presented to him like LA. I think he would definitely want to finish what he starts here in Toronto. So I, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. But do I think he's the type of guy that would just up and up and leave? I I don't think so.
0: But here's one reason why I brought it up. Why I brought the Lakers and a potential search for a new president and GM. And here's one thing these all, all this stuff has in common. The playoff success of the Raptors. Means everything. And the Raptors need to show. Masai. They need to show Kawhi. They need to show the NBA that they're for real, and no one's going to take this team seriously unless they have some playoff success. So we'll see. Down one, nothing. Again, I still got them. I don't think there's any time to panic. We'll push the panic button if they lose game two. Yeah, yeah we'll I, I have them winning in five. Well, no, yeah, now they got to wheel I off four straight. I think they'll, they, they'll which win four they can straight, do. Though. I think they can do it. But playoff success is everything for the Raptors. The Leafs can sign free agents. Right? People want to come to Toronto to play. Their playoff, su- their playoff success means a lot too. We talked about that last week for the safety of Mike Babcock's job, maybe Kyle Dubas, and maybe even some players that are on the, on the team. But playoff success for a franchise means everything for Toronto, for the Toronto Raptors. They need this. They need to go far because I think that will show Kawhi a lot. They need to go far because that might that might, that might stop uh, Masai Ujiri from maybe listening to some potential offers that he might get from a historic franchise like the Los Angeles Lakers. So I thought that was an interesting conversation that, uh, that Tim and Sid brought up, or an interesting point they brought up. and I thought I'd share that because I think it feeds right into this whole narrative of this year is like do or die for the Raptors. They need to have some success. Let's hope they get it. Jordan, the Columbus Blue Jackets are officially up 3 nothing in this series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. 3-1 final. Gritty team. That's it. Who scored? Uh, Duchesne got one. Borkstrand got one, and Atkinson got one. Pollock gets a, the sole goal for uh, for the Lightning. I think uh, I think Columbus it really flew
1: under the radar um, because I don't know if they're a small market team. Um, they said they they scratched and clawed to get into the playoffs, but when you actually look at their lineup, they have a really solid team. They like do. from top to bottom. They have a lot. They have veteran leaders, very gritty. Players, they got a very talented team too. Like you said, the guys like the Andersons, um, you know, the Panarins, Seth Jones, we didn't even mention. Seth Jones is a great player, and like I said, they have a Vesna winning goalie, he's still one of the best goalies in the league. And their coach is pretty good, and too. They have a very experienced coach, a cup winning coach who knows how to get under the skin of teams, mm-hmm. and all that. And the additions they made at the deadline, Matt Duchesne. Was is I still consider him a top player in the league? Even though he went to Ottawa, had some struggles there too. Um, he was still one of the highly, most highly coveted uh, acquisitions at the deadline. And like I said, that all breeds a, a successful a mix of uh, beating a team like a Tampa. They're a very evenly matched team with Tampa, and I don't think I don't think people a lot of people realize
0: just how evenly matched they are. I think this should fire the Leafs up a little bit. Even though we say we're giving Columbus a lot of praise right now, and it's well deserved, it is obviously a better matchup to face the Columbus Blue Jackets than the the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the Leafs need to recognize that they called that the gauntlet, right? Going through Boston and going through Tampa. Yeah. I'm not saying Columbus is an easy team to get through, but it's better than Tampa. Tampa had the most tied the most Mm -hmm. for the most points in NHL history. This should fire the Leafs up a little bit. I know I'm tying everything back to them. But the tomorrow's, like this is a huge opportunity for Toronto to not only beat Boston and exercise those demons, but to have maybe a little bit of an easier road to the final or to the Eastern Conference final. I like their chances against Columbus. I think that'll be a hell of a series. We'll see what happens. Again, that series is not over yet, but Columbus has an absolute stranglehold at 3-0. I, I didn't see this coming. We both picked Tampa. But what I did say last week was that this would be a much harder series than people think. I didn't think it would go like this. But again, it's not over. I want to mention that Columbus did blow a 2-0 lead to uh, Washington last week. Three stars. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. We got to get some intro. Like, we have to. Or some, not intro, but like a, some theme, a theme for this yeah. segment. Three stars of the week. We always wrap up with three stars of the week. So let's start with number one. Again, Brian had to take off uh, a little early, so we'll compensate for his pick. This is his pick. Tiger Woods. It's got to be. Yeah, it should be all of our picks. It's number one. We got it right this week. Number one star. I mean, when we do these stars of the week, number one is not any better than number three because it's it's our own individual picks. It's a pick from you, a pick from me, and a pick from Brian. But Brian obviously told us Tiger Woods is his pick. Obviously, we started the show off talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is your 2019 Masters champion, the best individual comeback in sports history. Agree? Agree. Agree. Number two, you want to share
1: yours? Yep. I'm going to go a bit off off course here. Um, A team we haven't talked about or even a sport we haven't talked about. yeah we didn't mention them today um just because it's uh well you know the Toronto Blue Jays and I always like to pick a bright spot and if I'm not talking about the Jays and them being successful this year I'm gonna go and talk about some individual accomplishments and you know maybe some up-and-coming players too that we're still waiting for a a Vladdy call-up but then that's gonna come but my star of the week is Thomas Pannone. Um, Panini? Panettone? Panettone? Panone? Love these guys. Love these names. Yeah. Great name. Um, he actually uh, made some history again. And again, another young arm that the Jays have who's, you know, making a name for themselves. It seems like today. that's all they got They arms. got young arms that are, you know, look great for the future. But he actually threw an what's called an immaculate inning today. <laughs> Explain what that is. So an immaculate inning is when you have three outs and you record uh, strikeout and three pitches. So you had three outs, three strikes, and three strikeouts in one inning. It was a perfect inning. Wow. So, so you threw strike, 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 strike. That's so difficult to do. Yeah. It's an
0: immaculate inning. When's the last time that happened? Uh, it's the... Or is that like it's the, f- the first... No, I well, you can we'll get, to get back to us. That. You don't have happened. to give us that right now, but I that's that doesn't happen. I think it's happened five times in the history of the Blue Jays. That does not happen often. That's incredible. Yeah. And, you, I mean, last week you gave another guy from the Jays. Yeah. I can't remember his name. A Thornton. Yeah. So it looks like the Jays have a lot of good arms right now. That's, I mean, I guess batting is the problem with them. Yeah, like I said, if they're not having success as a team this
1: year, you're going to have to start, you know, uh, shouting out some some players that are coming in and starting to make a name for themselves and 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 play for spots on this uh, this up and coming Blue Jays team. So like I said, we're still waiting for uh, a Vladdy call up, and apparently that's coming very soon because he's just lighting up Triple A right now. So yeah, it's good on them. Like I said, you're not going to have team success; you got to call out some individual success.
0: Cool. Last star, my pick: Mitchell Mar- Mitchell Marner. Mitch Mitch Marner man This guy Is a stud Two huge goals Against Boston On Thursday Took Tuco Rask Out of his pants On that penalty shot Unreal One of the best Shootout goals I've seen Shootout Well it wasn't a Penalty shot shot. Unbelievable The skills and hands in this guy Is unreal Mitch Marner Is a Is a Superstar I'm going to say that. I'm going to come out and say it. Mitch Marner is a superstar. Like there's stars and there's superstars. Do you agree? Like is Mitch Marner, or Marner a superstar? Cause I think he's approaching that right now. Cause right now. So there's some talk. If, if Matthew's even considered a superstar, he's a star. You talk about your superstars in the league. Yeah. It's like Kucherov, Crosby. I think Mitch Marner is a superstar. He's definitely putting himself in that conversation this year. He's clutch. He's clutch. And and against a team that hits like the Boston Bruins do, and when you consider the size of Mitch Marner, he's still the same player. He's still doing his thing. You still notice him. You know, I've noticed Mitch Marner last night. You obviously have his best. I always do notice Mitch Marner, even when he's having a bad game. You still notice him out there, and that's I give that tons of respect, man. Because obviously, for a smaller individual. A guy who doesn't have much... I mean, he, in terms of weight, I mean, I'm sure every guy, almost every guy on the ice weighs more than Mitch Marner. I yep. can easily bang his body around. He, he brings it every night. And this guy's a superstar. You heard that Joe Bowen call. Took a jock jockstrap up in the stands after that shootout goal. Made two goals in game one against Boston. And you asked me about the keys of the game. Keep rolling, Marner. Keep being consistent. Hmm. Right. His consistency is arguably what got the Leafs to this point. Him and, him and John Tavares, I think, for a lot of the reasons, carried this team into the playoffs. We're going to need them going forward. Hmm. Just to go back to uh,
1: Panone, he's the uh, 89th pitcher to throw an immaculate inning in Major League history, and he's the third Blue Jay. I said fifth, but he's the third Blue Jay after Roger Clemens and Steve Delabar to accomplish that feat. So good on you. Wow.
0: That, that is that is really something. That's what you want out of a pitcher. Yeah. But the arms look good for the Jays. So Mitch Marner, third star of the week. Keep it up, dude. We need you. We need you tomorrow night. Huge game against Boston. All right? We'll podcast same time. Same time next week. And who knows what the narrative is going to be. Like, if we, if we podcasted after Thursday, the narrative would have been, oh, the Leafs are going to win the cup. Perspective. It's all about perspective. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's 1-1 Leafs Nation. And I'm sorry if some things sounded negative today. It's just some critical analysis. That's all it is. But 1-1, it's a good thing. Right? It's an even series. It's even series. series. Even series. Leafs Boston tomorrow at 7 o'clock. See you guys. See ya.